Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hold That Podcast podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Branch, along with my co-host, Brody Miller. Brody, how are you? I am doing all right, man. I had a much-needed bye week, so now I feel like I am uh, slightly more mentally prepared to handle whatever these final three games are, or yeah, three games are going to be, because I have absolutely no idea what they're going to be. I, I hope you got a chance to breathe, because I don't know if you've heard, but it's been a pretty busy LSU football season, and not for very heard. good reasons. Did you did you get a chance to hang out, do stuff? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I did. I got to go to a wedding this weekend in Kentucky. Living the dream. Wow. I gotta, you know, unwind a little bit. You know, enjoy just turning my brain off. I read a book. You know, when do I ever read a wow. book? You know, Bra- so brag much? No, no. I'm actually the opposite. I'm pointing out I don't read books. Like that is <laughs> very much an anti-brag. So yes, I, I got to breathe a little. Did you get to breathe a little? I, I assume no. Yeah, dude. I you know I'm uh, PSA. I'm 32 years old. So my Halloween was spent going to a couple of very adult parties and by adult i don't mean like illicit i mean like there were a lot of babies around and it was really nice though there's a lot of warm fall drinks there were some red beans and rice it was you know we were pure louisiana shit right there. I, I wasn't out on frenchman street like i would have been five years ago breathing on people and you know it's like it's a new chapter you did have so. a weird thing where you always breathed on people it was really it's a problem <laughs> In these times, breathing on people is, you know, frowned upon in tight spaces at the moment. So, um, no, it was good. It was relaxing. Uh, so, and, you know, I didn't have to stress about my favorite football team possibly embarrassing me or maybe pulling out some crazy upset, which are two things that have happened in the last three weeks. So, yeah, um, I actually want to ask this, like, are, do you look like, are you almost, were you thinking like, man, I think I don't have to watch a game or are you still like looking forward to the Bama game, even though it might be just ugly? Well, it's interesting. So I will actually, I have a wedding on Saturday night and I was selfishly rooting for an 11 a.m. or 2.30 kick because I wanted, to, I still want to watch the game. Like this wedding is way more important. It's my sister-in-law. It's not like it's a friend of a friend wedding or anything. It's like a very intense family wedding. So I won't super give a shit about the game during the wedding because I care about that, but I'm going to be checking my phone. We'll have a TV by a bar somewhere. Um, I, in a vacuum, I do want to watch this game because I don't know. Like I, I, yeah, it's still my favorite team. It's still the team that I, I was, I was happy to not have a game this weekend. I did feel the itch at about 1 PM on Saturday because it was like the fall weather was amazing. And I was like, man, it was prime tailgating weather. Could it could have used the Tiger game, but it was fun to just watch games on the couch and have a good time and have a few beers and keep up with stuff. So, you know, I forget can't what complain. That feels like man, I really do forget what it feels like to be able to just enjoy a Saturday with with no obligations. Oh, your life is so hard. 
My life is not, yeah, my life is very easy, but I'm just saying, that's the one thing I wish I, it could be perfect is what I'm saying. It's okay. close to perfect right. and that's what's missing. But anyway, we, the, the main, obviously I don't think many of our listeners are exactly dying to hear our X's and O's thoughts on Alabama and, and that matchup because I, I think no. there is an expectation for it to get ugly. We'll touch on it at the end, but I believe what we really want to dissect here is, is the latest on the coaching cycle, correct? So we, we have established that Scott Woodward is a man of many rumors and secrets, a.k.a. rumors not coming out. Um, Steel Trap, Fort Knox guy, from what it seems like. What are you? Is there anything that we can glean over the last couple of weeks that has come out or has any winds changed about candidates? What, what are you hearing or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think there has been more and more confidence in the LSU. Well, I mean, I guess I'll start with the fact that Whenever this was even a possibility of this job opening, the first thing we heard for for months was, you know, and not even heard, just knew it was Scott Woodward loves Jimbo Fisher. And right. And that was always just the thing that we didn't know if it would happen. It's tough to leave, you know, that massive guaranteed deal. But, you know, it's just that just that was Woodward's guy. It's the guy he was with at LSU in the early 2000s, the guy he brought to A&M when nobody thought it made sense for him to leave Florida State, all those things. So it made sense. But when it first happened, it just seemed like when the firing first happened. There was more information that's like, this doesn't seem very likely. And, and he even went out and did a whole dog and pony show kind of saying that, you know, he wants to finish what he started at A&M and all that. Mm-hmm. And again, I, this is, you know, it's rumor season, but there has been more confidence on the LSU end that it is very possible Jimbo Fisher, you know, could be in the, in a, there is mutual interest. I think I can go as far as saying and reporting that, you know, there is interest from Jimbo Fisher and I don't know if it's enough interest to make him next LSU coach. I, I think there's a long way to go before any kind of things like that are made, but he is firmly in the mix there, you know, and, and I think everything is going to come down to what gets decided there. And that is, that is Woodward's guy. And I, I think we can get, I would love to get into a debate about Jimbo Fisher in a moment, but yes. that is kind of where the, that is the latest place the winds are taking this, but you know there are obviously so many candidates. From Mel Tucker, still seems very much like a possibility. For example, you know there are yeah. a lot of other guys in the mix. Let's um let's stay on Jimbo for a second, and I want to do two things. First, talk some mechanics because I was looking at his contract today, um, and I was also thinking about how. So, two things: a he has a massive buyout, but that's only if he's fired. He has no buyout if he leaves. Like, if he leaves for LSU, nobody will owe money to Texas A&M. It's correct. That is 100% correct. That is an attractive thing, I would assume. I mean, I know money isn't exactly like an obstacle here. Um, and that's kind of what I also want to talk about. Because, you know, people kind of laughed and sneered when one Scott Woodward signed Jimbo Fisher to a 10-year, $75 million fully guaranteed contract which has since been extended by Ross Bjork, who uh, succeeded Scott over there in College Station. Um, So my question is, what kind of money do you expect LSU to shell out? Now, for reference, Nick Saban is the highest paid coach at about around $10 million a year. Um, Ed is the second highest paid coach in college football at like 9.2, right? I'm sorry, I don't don't know this stuff, but... um, I mean, I assume LSU will make this next coach the highest paid coach in college football. I am I believe, I'm, I'm going in there assuming that. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, obviously, like, you know, if it's, say, hypothetically Mel Tucker, I don't think they'll go above, you know. But, but if it is one of these main people we're talking about, a, a Jimbo, for example, 
Yes, I, I have heard things that most of they have the money available for north of ten million, maybe in that twelve million a year kind of range. That is something oh. that is that is possible for LSU. That's been tossed around quite a bit by people I've talked to. So yeah, I think and you know it's I think the part that makes it so tricky for me, and this is me just speculating and wondering. I'm not saying that this part is no reporting, but I always am so fascinated by like what makes a difference. You know what I mean? If you're like if you're Jimbo making as much as he is. You know, what is the difference? I'm, I'm always curious. Like, what's the number that's like one and a half million more? Is that enough to like leave a good thing? I don't know. But of course, it's more complicated than that, right? He has the long-standing relationship with with Scott Woodward. He has a very close – he loves Baton Rouge. That is – there's no secret about that. He really yeah. loved his time there. He wanted to be the head coach here about 15 years ago. He wanted to be the head coach here to some extent six years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I think there's – you know, his, his sons were born here, all of that. I think that there's a part of him that's it's more than just rationality. It's also emotion. So I don't know the answer, but I do think, you know, they could go – you know, in that 12 mil range, and, and that might be enough. I don't know. The question is... I hope it would is, be enough. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what can A&M match, for example? And also, what... I mean, I go back to, yeah, what is enough to... If it's a tie, sure. But, like, what's enough to make him want to leave a situation that, quite frankly, he's done a good job at, you know? And, like, we're going to get into, like, the better job stuff. And I, I, LSU is a better job, but, like, A&M's a better situation right now. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be, he'd be, yeah. I mean, you could say, and I, I think it's debatable, but that he is, uh, what is he, four years into A&M? This is year no? four, correct, yeah. So he he has done the hard work of A&M, the exactly. perpetual 7 win a and and it seems like they have reached another tier now. We can debate the merits of this year because I'm, I'm still unimpressed by them, and this is probably my bias showing through. Because, yes, it was a great win over Alabama, and I think that should have probably disqualified Alabama from being number two in the college football playoff, but yes. another discussion for I another concur, day. Yeah. Because A&M has two losses this year. A&M's looked like trash in a few games this year. So I think they're but, – but I think the consensus is, right, that, that Jimbo has taken them up to a, another tier from not being a mid-to-bottom-tier SEC team to being part – or sniffing that upper echelon of – Alabama, LSU, Georgia, like they're they're in the room. I mean, they're definitely in the room this year with LSU down like it is, but still. Well, and a I, year ago, again, pandemic, all that, but like a year ago, in his third year, you know, ahead yeah. of schedule, you would say, mm-hmm. was when lost one game all season to the national champion. And I think in hindsight, I would argue, and I actually kind of deep down believe this at the time, but I knew I didn't have like a case for it, believe they should have been in the playoff last year. I believe they were one of the four best teams in the country last oh. year. So it's like, he, I just, this is kind of what I wanted to get to is there's, and I know like I have like almost made a bizarre reputation as being like an A&M defender when actually I have no opinion, like, but it's just this thing where it blows my mind how they have become like the so overrated, you're underrated team. And, and Jimbo falls in that category for me. People have this weird thing where they just like constantly refuse to ever acknowledge like any credit for anything A&M does. And this is not me pushing Jimbo Fisher or A&M or anything like that, I, but it's just weird to me. Like, I think here, he is uh, he has already achieved what you would want him to achieve. He's doing really well. I mean, not literally achieve what you want him to achieve, but you know what I mean. Like he is doing better sure. than most have. I, I, I think here is the dichotomy. And this is probably very specific for an LSU fan like myself and a lot of LSU fans who are listening right now, hopefully. That, like you said, Jimbo has, since he was here, he has been linked as he has traveled into his other jobs that, you know, he 
the the local folklore will tell you that before Les Miles beats Texas A&M, uh, and that was that 2017, 2016. Um, Wait, which he, which which game? When when Les beat the 1917 game at home, when Les saved his job, that was and then 15. all of a sudden it was like yeah. the governor was was going to stop LSU from firing Les Miles. <laughs> yes, that was 15. Yeah, but people, you know, the to me it it sounds like it is understood fact that Jimbo was coming. He was ready. It, 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 there was, yeah, it, it appeared. I, I, I know, I know we can't confirm that and you can't say as a reporter that, but I'm just saying this is what. No, it, it did. You can, this you is, can say this it. is an, a, a, and it might be a fairy tale that nobody can confirm, but it is the, the narrative is that Jimbo was coming and then all of a sudden the rug got pulled and then less lasted three more games. And then there was a season long flirtation there and it just, it didn't happen. Um, so th- there has been so many times where LSU fans have thought Jimbo is coming here to be the head coach. And so then you get into, well, what is he famous for? Jimbo is an offensive mind. He is a quarterback developer. He did that at LSU. I mean, he, he did it with Jamarcus Russell. He did it with all these, all these players. And then it's just, he did a lot at Florida state, got all these guys drafted in the first round. that probably shouldn't have been, um, it's just tough for me now because that has been the narrative and I just I don't know what Jimbo Fisher does well. Like the 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 whole thing of the Texas A&M teams even last year when they were good, you watch the LSU game, you watch most of his other games, like nobody can tell me Kellen Mond was a good quarterback. Not a single person can tell me that with a straight face and think that's true. And he was like solid. <laughs> I don't think he was great. No, but like, I mean, when's the last time Jimbo developed a great quarterback? Was it Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston would be the answer, yeah. And <clears throat> Jameis is six years into his NFL career. So I'm just, and, and maybe this is just me being needy. And also you have to consider the LSU bump that, you know, has been well established now of like, you know, uh, maybe mediocre scheme coaches can do very well at LSU with the talent and the infrastructure there. So Maybe Jimbo would get in here and all of a sudden he's got another Heisman Trophy quarterback in, in the system that he is developing up. But I think that is what's missing. Like, I, you can't tell me a recent player or team that I was like, wow, I need that here. And I just don't have it. And, like, I will say I don't have the vitriol that I have for Dabo Swinney or, or any other coach that I have been like, please no. Because if Jimbo comes here and is the head coach – I think I speak for a lot of people saying that I would come around and I would, I would follow the same path you did. I would say, look at what they did in the pandemic here and look at all this stuff. And Jimbo is a program builder and he has recruited well. He is recruiting well at Texas A&M with severe competition from both SEC, current SEC foes and future SEC foes in Texas and Oklahoma. And I, I would come around to that, but sitting here right now with no concrete evidence I, it's like a, what am I latching on to that you can bring here? Now, I guess you could tell tell me that his, that his, his coordinator hires have been great, which I think they have. Like if Jimbo came, like, please bring Mike Elko would love that. Come on over. Yeah. So I think there's a lot to like, but it's like, he's missing. There is this it factor that's missing, or maybe it's just because he has always been the second guy. He's always been the guy that's there for us. So, like, is that a boredom thing? I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself through that. But, like, he's always – it's like, oh, yeah, of course. 
oh, is the LSU coach getting fired? Well, it's going to be Jimbo, isn't it? And then, you know. Okay, and well, now, I think and, you and, are and, glossing over what he's really good at. Like, I feel like you are talking about all these things. They're like, what is he great at? He's one of the best recruiters in the country. Yeah. Like, he is a great recruiter. He's been at A&M and immediately been racking up, like, elite recruiting classes uh, at a place that, you know, obviously can has always recruited pretty well, but I think has taken it to a, a new level. And he's, yeah, built a thing that is pretty sustainably pretty good already. And I think in a way mm-hmm. that someone's teams, although they had, like, awesome highs, just weren't. And again, I am not like I, I, I don't know if I called Jimbo Fisher a top four coach like or anything like that. I don't think that. But so I think he has flaws. I think his offenses, he's in this weird zone of I think he's very good at like creating good, efficient offenses. Like it's like he's a bad offensive coach, but there are issues there with kind of like his offensive schemes maybe are kind of not quite where the modern game is kind of, you know, flawed. There are issues there and things like that. I think there's a lot you have to ask yourself. But, you know, at the same time, I think. He is a guy who I feel pretty – I always go back to my thing of LSU has been pretty darn good at football for the last 16 years mm-hmm. with pretty not exact – they didn't exactly have tacticians you know, leading the program, right. guys with some major flaws. Right. I, I do think there is a pretty strong argument that if Jimbo Fisher is running that team – you all of a sudden are, are are a team that should go 11 and 1, 10 and 2 most seasons. You know, like you should be pretty steadily in that zone. You should have the one, two, or three recruiting class almost every year, you know, all those things. And and he, again, he comes with flaws. And I think there are plenty of things you can, you know, dive through. I guess, I, like, I got in a, a discussion with somebody I actually really respect, another writer who was kind of saying, like, ah, they're not going to make the playoff or anything like that with Jimbo. And I'm like, how can you say that when he, <laughs> At A and M, a worse job in year three essentially should have made the playoff, like right away. Like I'm just like I don't. And he also won a national title and made one of the first playoff the next year. Like he yep. is the one guy who can know can make the playoff. And you put him at a job that's better than both the last two places he's been, inheriting a good amount of strong talent, all that stuff. Like yeah, and and also there's that element of again I don't think Nick Saban's going anywhere that soon, but there's that element of like. You can make an argument Jimbo Fisher could actually like be the you know could run things really strongly to, to time it with when Saban is out eventually. I don't know. I I don't know if Jimbo's going to win you a bunch of natties. I don't know that. Like I don't know if Jimbo's the guy who's going to make you a Saban or a Dabo level dynasty. No, I don't know that. But I feel very confident Jimbo would make this program really good for a while. I agree. I I think it was it's going to be re- really easy for me to talk myself into Jimbo. I'm just That's saying fair. that when yeah. when the news breaks, I'm not going to. Uh, put my phone in all caps and text all my friends that we got him, which <laughs> well, but is again, maybe man. spoiled Brad of me, but still, I, it, it is it is how I feel. No, no, I, I think everything I would like if I was a fan, I think I'd feel exactly the same. So there's no argument from me here. It is just I think it really does go back to that thing though that when like shoot, you and I are casual Tottenham fans, right? And like <laughs> there's that level of like. You want your guy, right? You want your like, guy that's going to be the next thing and like makes yeah. himself like a star with you. So even though we're like we're psyched about Conti, like you know, again, not expecting all of our listeners to know that, but like there is that element of like, yeah, but he's someone else's guy. Like he's won four other places, you know. Like right. there's that feeling as a fan where you want to hire the next Lincoln Riley before he's Lincoln Riley or whatever. I don't know. Like oh, like, I'll man. take I'll take current Lincoln Riley. That would be no, great. I know, but still, like there's that, like, he still he's won a title anywhere yet. Like you. I think there is that element of like you want to get the next guy, not like a guy who feels like used goods. And I think look that if if in. if Lincoln Riley wants to win his first national title in Baton Rouge, Lincoln Riley I was a bad example. Let's not focus on that. <laughs> I, I should have said like 
uh, I know what you're saying. Dabo, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's like I would be happy with Jimbo. I would talk myself into it. I would be like, you know, it's like the kombucha girl meme with like the, well, he has, he did win t- like nine games last year in a 10 game season and like all this kind of stuff. So I, I think he would raise the floor a lot. Yeah, I think mean, raising the floor is a great way to put it. Yeah. And that's that's a good thing for us as, you know, we've seen the the bottom fall out literally uh, the last two years. So um, anyway, I I'm so... One so random I, thing I just want to toss in there. Yeah. And it, not even like we have to debate. It's just like the one thing I'm still waiting on, and this isn't good or bad in his favor, I just don't know, is I really want to see if, if he hypothetically is at A&M long term. Like, what he does with Hayes King long-term. You know, like, because I still just feel like I just have no idea what to think of him as a quarterback developer, to your earlier point. Like, I just still have no clue. Because right. it's like, I mean, Jameis Winston was a fantastic one. He did a great job with yeah. Jameis Winston. You can't argue that. But then it's like, you know, the rest, you know, there were injury stuff with Francois and a bunch of guys. But still, it didn't really ever have a great quarterback after that. And then Kellen Mond's just a weird one where it's like he inherited Mond. And mm-hmm. Mond was clearly too good to be like, I'm going to bench Kellen Mond. Like, there was never yeah. a point where you're like, you should bench him. But obviously, Mond never became great. So I just, I'm in the zone of like, Maybe he didn't get more out of mod. Or no, I, I, yeah, it's like he no, might. No, not I, I think you're right. It's like a. I just have no idea. Like, what if would he have recruited Kellen Mond at a high school? Maybe not. But he yeah. did have a couple years with him. So I, I mean, I don't know. We're we're we are splitting all the hairs here, and oh yeah, we're, yeah. And then yeah, his, his starting his starting quarterback question, got hurt man. already this year. So um, that's a thing, man. That's a bummer. Because I'm really I, I'm also interested. You, you know, like I said, as a fan. The Jimbo's always been there. Jim, you know, the Jimbo loves Baton Rouge. Jimbo was coming. And then he turned into rival that turned into a unliked rival after the marathon game and how chippy that was. And then it has been back and forth the last few years about um, the rivalry has been more vitriolic than it's ever been. And that's the guy. I, you know, I, I don't think anybody's going to, you know, say we don't want him because we hate him, but it's just, it's interesting. And then it, w- it would be a, um, it would be a good narrative if he came over and then had to go to college station every other year to <laughs> talk to them again. I know um, it's been the rivalry that everyone's been trying to like manufacture for like it's seven so, years. It was so forced and until it, that. OT and then and now it, if it is obviously already become a real one. Like it's officially real now after 18. I mean, but if this happens, it's like, Oh, it's, it's real, real. I know it's, it's, real, it's real. yes, it is. They, they forced it until it, it went, um, <laughs> when, when it, trying too hard pays off. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So let's, let, let's move on too much Jimbo talk, but no. yeah, the last thing I, I, I'll ask is that it just feels like he's creeping up the, the rankings of like, maybe he's still Scott's guy. Yeah, I, I'm glad you actually ended on that note. Yeah, because it's like, as much as we have just spent 20 minutes on it, there's still a large gap between, hey, there's mutual interest and like, I think he's interested than getting it across the finish line. Like, a lot of people at A&M still think he's absolutely staying, you know, and we, that we've talked to. Like, I, I, I have no actual sense of what will happen. It's just, I think there's some real smoke there at the very least. But yeah, would I put my money on it? Not necessarily, because I mm-hmm. think what gets so interesting after that is what happens next. Right. You know, it's like, let's say the thing I just keep asking people and I never get a great answer on is what happens. We know he's going for all of these big fish. Right. But what and no one would blame him if you can't get him. They're tough guys to get. So it's like, but who is the pick if you don't get, you know, Lincoln, Dabo, Jimbo, you know, those like top, top, top dudes. 
who is the guy? And I, yeah. it's like, I don't think it's James Franklin for a bunch of reasons between him trying to get a big deal at Penn State to, I don't, I, I believe there was some contact and LSU didn't exactly love what they, you know, got. Like, so I don't Ooh, think it's going to be James is, Franklin. Is, is that all you got on that? Can you expound more? I just, I believe there was at least contact with James. They at least kind of poked around on James Franklin and they, they just didn't exactly love how that went, I guess is Interesting. how I put it. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton more than that. But so I, I, I think it's like, if it isn't Jimbo Fisher, Mike, I think you have to look closer at Mel Tucker, and I think that's where it goes at that point. And there's just at the end of the day, I have a hard time thinking it goes past Mel Tucker. Mel looked good this weekend. Mel's looking very good. Mel's it looking still good. Carries, it still carries the exact same risk as we as it did when we were talking about him two three weeks ago. It's like, yeah, I don't know, one year, but man, see, and, and that's the thing. And like you made candidate. a good point that like Jimbo brought a And M to a higher peak than they thought they would be in year three. But then you see Mel doing it like immediately at a worse <laughs> job. And I mean, we'll see how Michigan. Well, of State course we'll see. Yeah, he uh, might end up 10 and two, which is still awesome. But yeah, but also like they're they they have been in so many close games this year that they feel like a very, you know, everyone hasn't been super impressive. I mean, it's, it's awesome that they're still undefeated, but anyway, oh, yeah. we're, we're splitting hairs there. lose every game, and I'd still be like, man, Mel Tucker, what a turnaround. Like, you know what I mean? He, right, he's, right, yeah, exactly. 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 So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of like I, I wonder. I had the same arc with Jay Johnson, the baseball coach, on a much smaller scale. But it's, you know, <laughs> there were those couple big fish out there, and then they got Jay Johnson. I was like, oh, man, I, I don't know. And then now I'm like, I'm choo-choo. I'm bored. He is recruiting his ass off. They, they, they look like they're going to be the LSU of old right now if he can – coach him well enough but he's bringing in people like i was gonna say he is an elite recruiter as much I, as I, can. I mean it, it was immediately evident <laughs> yeah. um so anyway let's move on we do have to talk about a game this weekend lsu does play a football game at alabama the number two team in the playoff um even if they don't deserve to be there i think the gap between lsu and alabama is very evident um literally the only thing i put on our rundown was i want to see lsu fight for a whole game. I don't know if that will happen. I mean, I'm sure the effort is going to be there, but there was, there was like we talked about with the Ole Miss game, they were really competitive for a half and then it just fell off for whatever reason. And Alabama is undeniably a better team. Um, so, I mean, do you have any sense of how they're going in there and they're depleted? They're even more depleted than they were before, which is some, hard to say. Um, yeah, I think there's just a lot of evidence that this again, I do believe they will come out with a fight and all that yada yada stuff, but there's just a lot of evidence that this might get ugly ugly. You know, there's a lot of reason to think that just because I mean, I, I don't think we can make clear enough how insanely depleted they're like as much as I can remember a team of this caliber being. Like just look at the secondary alone, and that's it's the concept of they are basically, you could argue, without five of the six guys who have really started games in that secondary. That is unreal. It's like, all right, without Stingley and Ricks, but that, hey, they've been hanging in there without Stingley and Ricks. Like, McLeather and Flott and Ryan all have done pretty solid. Credit where it's due. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, okay, now Flott's out this week. Now Sage Ryan, your stud freshman, he's out this week. So you are, like, in some realms, like, on your third-string secondary. And you're like, oh, Jay Ward, you know, he's a guy who played corner. You can move him. Well, Major Burns is out, so you can't even play around with safety as much. And and just so many guys are banged up. And, and then you go through, like, 
yeah, the linebackers are healthy, but then Bug Strong transferred out. And right. Josh White's been banged up all year. You know, it's just like you don't even have depth there anymore. Where now it looks like Greg Penn, the freshman, who's going to be a good player. Like, this isn't a dig on him, but now he's the next guy up. And, you know, D-line still looks really good first team. But it's like, all right, but you are playing without essentially three day one starters and, and Gay, um, Anthony, and, and Joseph Evans. Like, it's just mind-boggling. And obviously, you don't have your top playmaker in Keyshawn Booty. Like, it's just mind-boggling how depleted this team is where it's not even just the starters. It's like the depth is also injured right now. I just – and, you know, the coaching doesn't look great. Like, there's just very little reason on the road to think this team is going to be able to – drastically surprise anyone but same time i mean yeah the florida games even the Ole miss game last year just has given us the Ole miss first half this year like has given you a lot of reason to be like hey man shit happened so i don't know anymore i mean any other game i would be with you and like even even any other game at this point in the season when things are winding down kind of but they're winding down and you know the future is set with ed ogeron and everybody i'd be like Let's play some younger guys. Like we talked about, you know, before the yeah, Ole Miss game. <laughs> but like, man, uh, Tuscaloosa against younger. against Alabama. That sounds that that all of it sounds bad. Like, what younger guys are they not playing? Is my question. <laughs> I mean, it's a good point. But like any other game, I would be like, you know what? Let's see what they got. And this game, I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna hide my eyes. So, I mean, I the, the I'm, I'm trying to summon just like in you know, in Avengers Infinity War, how uh, Bruce Banner struggles to summon the Hulk and he doesn't want to come out. I'm trying to summon the, maybe maybe we'll score a couple of early, early touchdowns and see, and you know, hang around. And I, it, LSU Hulk is not coming out. I just, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't I have it that. at all. It's not there. So like. It's not there. And it's, oh. yeah. It's just, and there's just that element of like, what are you really playing for? All that. I mean, yeah, I think they're going to try. Like, I don't think it's going to be like... And also, and I hate to be like too much of a depressing figure, but there's also just the element of like, this isn't even a get-up game for Bama anymore. So they're not going to try to like run... I mean, maybe they are because of like everything else you said after 2019 and the Roll Tide, Expletive You chant and all that. Like, maybe they will. I, I mean, they, didn't they do that last year? That was... They, they yes. got it out last year. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like, I at the end of the day just kind of default to like, this is kind of for Bama going to be a get to next week game. So uh, I don't know if they're going to like win by 50. And make oh, there's like, there's salt in the wound though. I don't know if you saw that they are honoring the 2011 title team before the game. I did not see that. It's no, just, yeah. just uh, the, the, a twist in the knife of every <laughs> organ of mine. Um, My point is I have no idea what to expect of this game. Cause I don't know if Bama is going to come out there and like their most uh, forward thinking schemes and super aggressive. I think this is going to be like, Hey man, let's go beat them 35, seven and just go to the next week. Like that's my gut feeling. Even though I, I that is not my gut feeling. I think it's going to be, let's, let's put this guy in the dirt who beat us. I, I think that they're still hurt from 2019 and uh, last year was evidence of that. And this year might be ugly. We'll see. I mean, I and shoot I, man. Let's like, let's look into that. Just like how insane it is that when they were running off the field in 2019, LSU, Dennis Johnson, my guy, now the D-line coach at Baylor, was screaming, like, it's a new effing day in the West. They're screaming, like, it's our time now. Like, et, you know, Ogeron's in the locker room saying, we're going to beat him in recruiting. We're going to beat him on the field. You know, roll tide FU, all that. Like, they, in that moment, everything sincerely seemed, like, no one was saying LSU was going to go be the next Bama. No, no one was thinking that. But it at that moment seemed apparent 
that they were officially in that stratosphere now. Like they were going, they went on to win the title. Their recruiting was looking fantastic for a few years. It just seemed like they were maybe not win a title all the time, but like officially be in that level playing field year to year with them. The way it's fallen so fast, which we don't need to go too far into because we spent weeks on that with Ogeron, but it's just mind-boggling to think where everything seemed in November 2019 to what is about to take the field Saturday. It's actually just like it is the ultimate metaphor. Here's here's my memory because I was at that game. Um, I I was sitting there. Wait, what? I didn't know you were at the 2019 game. Oh, man. I rode the train. I I, I went semi-viral. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so we were, we were up in the stands, like way up in the upper decks, of course, where they, they put us. Um, but I remember walking down the stairs after the game ended and I had stopped freaking out about LSU blowing it somehow because every time they went up by two scores, somehow Devonte Smith beat, uh, Derek Stingley off the line. And that's <laughs> anyway, um, I remember being jubilant, not believing it. And then all of the LSU players came over to our end zone. I mean, way down below us to talk to the recruits who were clearly oh, yeah. their own Bama visits. And they were basically like, y'all see what just happened? Like, why don't you come play with us? And I remember just being like, man, we, we did it. We're here. This is awesome. Like, we are talking shit to Bama recruits at N. Bryant-Denny Stadium after we just beat them. Like, what could go wrong? <laughs> here we are. Next time going. And uh, not happening. Um but let's not linger in my long-term darkness. No, I, um, I'm sorry, I didn't say anything because I was just enjoyed watching you just kind of go to a dark place there. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, and that I, I know that I've brought this up a couple of times because I'm just incredulous that the coach that did that has already been fired and is still coaching. It's just incredible. It's, it's funny if you see what happened with Gary Patterson at TCU, which is pretty different because he was there for so long, but a you know, if you if you read the story, the AD approached Gary about a separation, and which needed to happen. They were TC was bad, 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 and uh, they asked him to stay on through the end of the year, and he basically told him to eat shit. Yeah, <laughs> and he left. So, I you know I put this in the show notes, and we talked about it a little bit. But say LSU like never even has a chance. They don't even score in the first half. It's sixty three to seven at the end. It is just. The ugliest of ugly. Like, is there any chance that Ed gets shoot out the door early, earlier than that to not suffer through this stuff the rest of the season? My answer is just I just don't see what the benefit is. Like, I don't see what that's changing. Like, why after Bama would you do that? Like, that's the game they're supposed to get routed, for example, or things like that. It's like you almost have him go through this one you know, it's a nice $17 million agreement to be like, hey, we're on good terms. Let's not let this get messy. But two, it's also just like, all right, Ed's going to look bad and no one else is going to be looking bad for this and all that. Like, I just don't see, one, what is possibly changing with a different head coach. Like, again, like, is one of his biggest criticisms, but like, he's a CEO. Like, he's not yeah. like, nothing's changing by suddenly having a different like, yeah you're not firing not the gonna, offensive coordinator and then yeah like, putting somebody else in there i get it it's just i'm not used to lsu taking the flogging that it is and this is a special kind and i'm just i'm not excited for sunday to possibly read all this stuff i mean maybe i'm surprised maybe they lose by two scores and it's competitive and ed equips himself well and we're, we're singing a different tune but um, 
I'm not super excited right now. Nor should you be. <laughs> I think I think uh, uh, it's fast. It's obviously the first LSU Bama game that is not on CBS since the the Mike Shula era. Like the, I don't think it's going to be an incredibly well watched game because there's very little reason to watch. I mean, you will be watching the third string LSU defense to some extent. Mm-hmm. You are watching yep. like just a, just a str- troubled team. So there's very l- yeah. little reason to get excited about it. And hey, man, just. Just enjoy. Just think back to 2019, man. Just look back on those positive memories. Just be like, hey, you had that, you know? Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think we, we should be about down here at Brody, but I will say uh, I've been enjoying everybody uh, jumping into my Twitter mentions. Oh, yeah. Fill me in. No, it's just uh, mostly people agreeing and, and whatnot. Um, but but I forget week, what this week's prompt was, so you always got to give me the update. Oh, last week's prompt? Yes. Um, I think it was a Dabo thing. Nobody wanted Dabo. I thought that was two weeks ago. All right, fair enough. Um, but I want people to sell me on Jimbo Fisher. Okay. So make me feel better about it. Make me think that I'm not being stupid by not being overwhelmed by it. But um, yeah, sell me on Jimbo. I mean, we we have so many weeks to talk about coaching candidates. So maybe I'll go I was through. Gonna say nothing's Maybe gonna I'll go through one a week. Month. Nothing's going to happen until at least the second week of December, if not later depending on if a coach might be coaching in a certain playoff. I, I don't know. So uh, we'll see. But, yeah, find us on Twitter. You know where to find Brody. I am at cbranch89. Uh, Brody is at Brody A. Miller. Yes, I Yeah, at Brody A. Miller. I had to think about there. Yeah, there you go. Um, give us give us likes, subscribes, whatever platform, and uh, we're happy you're here. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's not die this weekend. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you.